Alright guys, gals and non-binary pals, welcome to episode 97 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the titular Stace, and joining me in this pop culture parlour of fun pop culture times this month is my delightful friend, Nick Popper Constantino. <laughs> Hello, you said titular. I did. I always say titular because it makes me do a little giggle inside. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about piles of wood earlier as well. <laughs> we were talking about piles of wood. Um, uh, how are you? Are you good? That's your. I'm you d- do that. It, well, I mean, I'll answer because you've asked. Um, thank you. I, <laughs> I'm not well <laughs> actually. Oh, uh, it was my birthday last week, and I think I don't know if I parted too hard or if I'm just too old for this shit now, <laughs> or if it's the fact that um, five separate people who came to see me on various days for my birthday excitingness uh, had colds and didn't tell me about it until they arrived in my face. And so I've caught a lurgy. It's mostly in my throat. Careful. You have to be careful letting other people uh, around. Yeah. Uh, I well, think is the thing. I think I think the problem was is that I would always assume because I'm I mean, I don't know whether it's because it's a bit of my introvertedness slash anxiety that I will <laughs> I will cancel going to somebody's house at the shortest of notice mm-hmm. for like very wishy washy reasons. So like if I had a cold and I was going to somebody's house for their birthday, I'd be like, Hey, do you want me to come over? I don't know if you want snot as a as a birthday present, but you know, are you sure? And then I'd probably just cancel. But no. <laughs> so I had um I had like five separate people i'm gonna blame i'm gonna put the that lay the most of the blame on my nan though because she was the one who had a real bad throat and that's what i've got that's so old blame people her. you've got to be careful oh, it's just rude isn't it it's just yeah rude. I mean, it's um she did buy me a lot of presents but <laughs> there's a there's a there's a tv there's a tv show well i say a tv show there's a netflix show i think it's french uh but i listen to it dubbed because i'm lazy called marianne and it's a horror show and a few people I've seen talking about it have said, well, it's not really scary. It's just a bit like creepy and lame. And it's true. But the main thing it uses is it it uses old people. <laughs> it, the, 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 the central premise of the people making it, I guess they're really young um, and hip. And the central premise of it is old people are creepy. Let's really uh, like lean on the fact that old people are creepy. And the thing is, that really works on me because old people really unnerve me and i'm becoming an old person is the thing i'm sorry we were talking about your nan and it's just this second occurred to me that's okay i'm not being tactful she won't she won't listen to this it's fine oh good <laughs> my mum might but uh oh well i don't <laughs> no. mean i'm i'm worse about my uh well i guess my parents are quite old now so i get a bit weird around them it's very strange it's frail and, and uh, hugging frail people it's i don't like it oh yeah, I think it depends on what you classify as old, because, like, in my head, like, I wouldn't even consider my nan old, and I'm pretty sure she's, like, mid to late 70s. Oh, right. So most people would probably say that's old, but I don't know if it's because she's, like, quite independent and mobile and she's she doesn't really look her age. But, like, what scares me, and, like, this is nothing to do with pop culture at all, and we will absolutely move on from this really quickly, but what scares me is when people get to that age where, like, their skin is, like, paper thin yeah. and it just seems like it's difficult to exist. I'm yeah. like, Rich, if I ever get like that, just put a pillow over my face in my skin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I won't mind. <laughs> He's like, what if you got like it tomorrow? I'm like, all right, let's be reasonable. But um, what, if, what if you're still feeling all vibrant? And have you just given him license to make that call for you? To or? just do me a murder, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. I says, look, if I'm starting to lose me marbles or or I look like existing is just way too difficult, just just do it, do a 
just putting it on me. So anyway, how are you doing, Nick? It's been I a while. Just, I just don't know. Uh, I just don't know how one would measure uh, the whole marble situation in either well, of our cases. So. Yeah, because I've got. Because the thing is, my my granddad's going through. Um, he's just <clears throat> like on the on the start of his road to like sad dementia times, and his main symptom is that he just keeps like really forgetting things. So he will say the same sentence like. 58 times a day like my nan bless her when i went over to see her on my birthday and she said uh, fred's asked me about 17 times how old you are today and i keep saying she's 32 fred and i went nan i'm 34 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like i don't know how you would measure that with me either because my memory is genuinely shocking already <laughs> I think I think one of my sisters is quite worried about my dad on that front, but my parents have never been that reliable. So it's <laughs> I, it's yeah. just I was talking to a professional uh, recently, well, two professionals recently. I won't go into detail about it because it's a huge bummer. But um, and they said we might be able to help you more if we had someone who knew you in your childhood that we could talk to about what you were like when you were a child. And I'm like, there's literally no one I would fucking trust. <laughs> to to give a decent account of that at all like my parents wouldn't have been able to do that when they were younger and now i don't even know what's going through their heads half the time so um yeah it's uh it's uh oh you asked me how i've been um i think i've given a bit of an insight into that i it's it's been a tough year Mm. (laughs) we don't have to go into into it too much but it's been kind of wonky i started a new job a couple of weeks ago uh which is why if uh, my whole small talk thing at the beginning was a bit out of control because i've been having to do loads of it with people <laughs> and i'm not i'm not good at it so uh, no, i'm not i went to the hairdressers the other day and i remembered why i very rarely go to the hairdressers because it was like so many questions and i just had zero answers so i was like i don't know stop interrogating me just cut my hair i am um, i go to asda for my haircuts Asda do haircuts. Well, our our um, Asda here in Southampton has this little arcade of uh, shops in it uh, on the uh-huh. side, and so or boutiques. And so one of them you can go and get photos printed out off your phone, which is nice. And one of them is a it's called Winnie's. Shout out to Winnie's haircuts <laughs> or something. And uh, I know it's never going to be much more than ten pound. And the man in there is, I believe, a Chinese immigrant who came here like 20 years ago or something. Doesn't say very much, which I always just assumed was a language thing. But it's just he's taciturn and I quite like it. He doesn't ask me loads of questions. And I'd appreciate um, that. (laughs) Yeah. He once once when um, I was going for a job interview and I was getting my hair cut, I was feeling a bit chatty, so I accidentally blurted that I needed my hair cut neatly for a job interview. And we had a bit of a conversation about, like, Brexit and stuff mm. um, and kids of today. He doesn't think uh, the kids of today are much use. He's, like, 30 or something. Oh, I think the kids of today are, like, way better than I was when I was I a kid. Fucking awesome. And <laughs> they're where they are. Oh, way no, I love the kids of today. Last Friday, I was going into town to have a have a birthday afternoon tea while a bunch of children were climate striking. <laughs> I felt quite mm. bad about it, if I'm honest. I know, so and like, really... If we were going to stand doing? any chance of fixing things, it should have been us. Mm. <laughs> well, I say us. Yeah. I'm probably about 10 years older than you. So. <laughs> oh, no, I am. I don't need to say probably. You just said how old you are. I am more than a decade older than you because you're a wee bairn. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say bairn. <laughs> I don't know why I love that word. You've got to keep got to keep using these Scottish words while they're still part of the United Kingdom. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> 
look let's not let, no, let's I mean, not I just... go on a politics thing because <laughs> I could no I could literally be here for days um should we should we talk about some pop culture instead yeah, what, what do you want to talk about well I mean I was going to offer it up to you because you're a guest I wrote I wrote a list so Excellent. I don't know so did I, um, I. It's only got three things on it though. So if your list is longer, we might as well start with you. <laughs> oh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna try and pick and choose, because I got like uh, music and I got TV and I could probably talk about films. And I've been reading the X Men at the moment, which is very exciting as well. Ooh. But I guess we've been watching more TV than anything else. Mm. We've been watching lots of stuff about. It's kind of a bummer, actually. We, <laughs> we, we, we watched 13 Reasons. We watched Handmaid's Tale with a friend of ours. And mm. then we watched 13 Reasons Why, the, the final season. Thank fuck it's the final season, to be honest. Um, <laughs> just the two of us. And then we thought, mm, we haven't. What shows do we have that have uh, stories about women being assaulted in a horrible patriarchy? Uh, so we watched that um, Unbelievable that was just on, which was about a serial rape thing so it's been pretty miserable in (laughs) it so one of my uh strongest memories with you nick was when you when we did the southampton super pod and um we discovered how much you like watching crime related shows yeah yeah i'm I'm a bit frightened for you i've got to say (laughs) well it's it's it's, uh my wife and i both quite like both quite like it but the thing that we've really i've really noticed recently is they're nearly all about murder and Mm. murder seems fairly distant and remote but uh, okay so did you have you watched 13 reasons why i don't know so here's the here's the thing i'm going through a bit of a a bit of a thing at the moment where i'm burying my head in the sand in the Mm. sense of i'm not really digging things that are too realistic that are all so grim yeah so i haven't watched the handmaid's tale i haven't watched 13 reasons why i haven't watched and i've forgotten the title of it now but it's that um the netflix uh mini series about the people who were convicted of a rape in uh in central park oh, oh. God, it's based on a true story and it's a like oh it sounds awful um <laughs> like it's got so many accolades as a piece of like television um mm. but i just i just, i just can't i'm watching a lot of like cute cartoons and things that make me laugh i think that's i think that's a good i think that's a really good choice cuz i mean we we and we watched chernobyl which <laughs> i mean was only slightly leavened by the fact that we knew most of those people from a british telly so like uh, the the dad off friday night dinner who was also in um, No Offence, and he, he's he's brilliant, but he was an absolutely horrible arsehole in this program. Oh no! Um, and it it was quite weird because I was a kid when Chernobyl happened. I mean, like I was old enough to know about it happening when it happened, but I obviously I just didn't I had I didn't know anything about it because like I was a kid in the eighties rather than a kid now. And as we've said, they pay a lot more attention to what's going on around them than we did. Mm. But the weird thing about Chernobyl is even though it was real. It's there was a TV show called The Terror, which is kind of like horror stories that are loosely based on actual mysteries that happened. So the first series was about this boat that went missing in the Arctic or Antarctic. I never know which is which. Um, And it's based on a novel, but it's basically like a fictionalized version of something that really happened. But two of the people in Chernobyl are also in that TV show. So it was possible it was possible to imagine that at some point some spooky shit might start happening in Chernobyl. And it was like the second series of the terror. <laughs> <laughs> so many, it had, to, it had, 
tonally it was quite similar it was very strange mm. um but i think you're right to avoid sort of like the thing is as well sometimes these things are really realistic and that's kind of a bummer um Un- unbelievable is quite realistic i think and the cast is amazing but it is just a bit of a downer but 13 reasons why we watch it because it's like our teen soap we don't watch what are the other ones Riv- riverdale or mm. is that one yeah or any of those things and we kind of we spend a lot of time while we're watching 13 reasons why thinking like saying oh that was lovely oh he's such a good kid look they're all looking out for each other and stuff but basically the first season is about a suicide um that it turns out is actually about like rape culture at school the second season tries to make you feel tries and actually succeeds to make you feel sorry for a potential school shooter and the oh, third God. season humanizes a serial rapist so it's like I've, i'm glad it's over because i don't want them to keep doing a good job of that particular content it's it's yeah. horrible i have been mm. watching comedy do you want to talk about that instead <laughs> i mean we could do i did the one thing i did just notice as i was thinking about all the stuff that i've been trying to avoid tv wise is the fact that me and rich have been going on a horror movie bender mm. <laughs> I'm like, i don't know how balanced this uh <laughs> this diet of like televisual intake is when you're going okay yeah i'll watch she-ra on the princesses of Perrin, and then i'll follow it up with like house of a thousand corpses oh talk cool. you were talking about final destination the other week and that's one of my favorites i think it's, <laughs> those films are amazing they really are i mean the thing that you know it, the, the quality dips in the middle in terms of like you know the acting and stuff mm. but overall the, the deaths in that some of them are so innovative um, yeah and I just think- like mad you know you're sitting there for ages thinking what's going to be the thing that kills this person and then it's something else entirely it's well i think if they nail the first sequence in those films as well i'm just in it for the rest of it mm. basically and i think one of the things we probably both agree on is my my favorite is definitely this the uh motorway pile up yeah in the in the second one i just think it's incredible it's um, just i mean i'm not the world's most comfortable passenger in a car anyway but now whenever i'm behind something that has stuff strapped to it a la those logs in that thing i'm like do we have to be behind yeah. this vehicle can we can we not be <laughs> it's just so uncomfortable well the 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 other good thing is if you watch a lot of trash tv like we do like we watch criminal minds and a bunch of sort of other other procedural things if you go back and watch films like final destination that have a lot of teenagers you know those 20 something teenagers that they have in american things and uh they have a lot of characters because they're going to get through quite a lot of characters you end up seeing all these people who you know from tv now (laughs) who are like just teenager number three or something in in, mm. in one of those movies which is fun lots of fun um, <laughs> but i don't i don't think i've seen i don't know what the last horror movie i really sat through was i do like the saw movies but there's not one of those coming for a while no the um i mean literally the last one i watched was last night when we watched the devil's rejects and i hated it <laughs> it's uh which i feel a bit bad saying because i found out that sig Hay died today but um oh but to be fair, I had said to Rich previously that he was the only thing in the film I enjoyed. So, you know, <laughs> Isn't Walton Goggins in those films as well, though? He's in the first one. He's in oh, House right. of a Thousand Corpses, uh, but not nowhere near enough uh, to make it. Like I, don't, I feel like Rob Zombie's directorial choices are not for me. Um, <laughs> like to me, it was like half watching a, a bad 
B movie and half watching like a bad Marilyn Manson video. Like it yeah. was, it was very choppy and it was very sort of like it, there's there's a trope from like the sort of late nineties, early two thousands for horror movies where they would always have the sort of like the cold open and then it would have like a here are the credits for this movie and it would have like a montage in the background of like somebody writing something horrible in a diary or like photos of dead bodies with like bits hanging off and stuff and like there's an awful lot of that and I hate it because I just don't think it's interesting at all (laughs) it's not that's not how people who murder people operate I don't think (laughs) like it's just really weird to me and a lot of Rob Zombie's movies are pretty much just like hey do you want an interstitial of something awkward and bloody shot in a weird sort of zigzaggedy different coloured fashion so it's like and I was like no I don't I'd like to see some murders doesn't a lot of that start at the seven opening credits it might it's kind of a nine inch nailsy sort of yes yeah that's it it's yeah. yeah It's, Which is yeah, brilliant in that I film. It. I think it really works in that film. But yeah, it became the style after a while, didn't it? It sort of yeah. And it does it for films that don't. It doesn't even make sense to. Like I'm pretty sure one of the final destinations has one of those openings, and I'm like, but this isn't like a creepy murderer who's keeping journals of his murders and you know mm. pictures of his you know whatever. He's like this is literally death having a personality and being like oh i'm gonna get you (laughs) i just i don't understand where this like sort of weird montage business was coming from but there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of that in rob zombies movies and i just wasn't keen but now i'm gonna have to watch the third one when it comes out i guess i feel like i yeah i i don't i watched house of thousand corpses or ten thousand corpses or whatever it was Mm. and i i kind of enjoy i think i saw it at the cinema and i think i kind of enjoyed it but i don't it's more his films are more disorienting they're like uh, they're upsetting or unnerving because they're really disorienting which is partly because i think like you've sort of suggested some of it is style and some of it is like incompetence i think i'm not i'm not sure it's entirely on purpose (laughs) um but but then there's lots of like creepy well like a um I mentioned Marianne on um, on Netflix at the moment, and a lot of it is just sort of like slightly juddery camera and oh look, this person is ugly and they're smiling and and it because it's so chaotic. Oh, and maybe they've got a bit of clown makeup on, but it's badly applied. Um, the only thing more scary than a, a clown with really good makeup is one with really bad makeup. I'm not yeah. sure what that's all about. It's like I'm um, too I'm too evil to even really concentrate on putting my makeup on. That's <laughs> what it feels like a little bit. But yeah, and it's like. Well, on the one hand, I don't think they're actually scary in the way a really good horror film is. But on the other, I often don't quite feel like I've got the nerve to watch Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> like I have to be in exactly the right sort of mood, and I'm hardly ever in that mood. Because mm. um, I don't yeah. want to be unsettled. I think the problem that I had, because I didn't find it like unsettling or, at all, but I don't know whether that's because I found the acting to be like almost laughably bad. And also, Chris Hardwick's in the first one, and I fucking hate that guy. Does so he that die? Didn't... Yes, he does, but not till quite late on in the movie, which really fucking annoyed me, because I, I just did not want his face... Like, that immediately did not help matters for this movie, because I was like, ugh. But even, like, people that I recognise as being good actors, like Rain Wilson, is bad in this. Um, I've seen them as well, okay. Yeah, but, like, the, the I think the thing that bothered me about the first one was that there's a bit where they're very obviously trying to emulate 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. with the family around the table having an awkward, creepy dinner, and like there's you know implications of creepiness incoming and i feel like that should be scary but the problem was the thing that made it scary in the texas chainsaw massacre was the fact was i think personally the the granddad you know the one who they sort of wheel in and he looks almost like a corpse to begin with Mm -hmm. um because he clearly has these moments of like suddenly being lucid and thinking like jesus fuck what are we even doing and then and then reverts back to like, can I have the hammer? I want a twatter in the head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I find that way creepier because it's like this family are like bananas, but they clearly weren't always this way. And you don't really know why they are the way they are. Whereas in House of a Thousand Corpses, to me, it just felt like they were going, look at all these mad people having a dinner from mm. core. It's like, it's like, you know, the episode of Bottom where... Um, Richie goes to a dating agency and he tries to claim that he's mad and he just goes <laughs> and pulls a face. Like no, but was, I can picture it. <laughs> it was like that to me. It was like Rob Zombie was going, look at all these people who could do anything. Mm. Blah, blah, we're crazy. And I was like, mm-hmm. are you though? I think that might be why his, um, like, I quite like, I quite liked his Halloween movies. Mm. Even though I really like the John Carpenter ones, I'd like the John Carpenter one more. But like, I think that's maybe because he was that he can't, you can't be that unrestrained. And the Halloween story is a pretty classic stalk and slash story. Yeah. So he couldn't go as off the wall. So you're just getting some of his stylish elements, which I don't mind that much. But did you watch, um, oh God, what's it called? It's a TV series. And Max Landis, who's another not very nice one, and was involved with the first one but it's like an anthology horror series and it's way more unsettling than it is uh, scary and i can't but rutger howe was in the last the the, the third season or second season ooh. oh if only i could if only i could remember this would be good podcasting um <laughs> it's R- R- rutger howe is uh rutger howe is like the head of a family uh a weird family who used to run a meat factory and now they kind of live in another dimension and only come to our dimension to sort of uh steal people away to eat them and stuff oh, channel it, zero. yes that was it channel zero yeah, and that's a yeah. weird program core is isn't it Oh, I didn't know Max Landis was involved with that. Only, (laughs) I think, the first couple of... I think only the first series. He's not not involved in the later ones, which is good. Yeah, Butcher's Block, that's the one. Mm -hmm. And and again, it's like... I think it might be a bit hipstery and a bit sort of... I can... It's way, way more style than content. Yeah, absolutely. But I find Um, it quite sort of hypnotising to watch, especially it's Rutger Hauer, mm -hmm. so... Gold, gold um, rest his soul. <laughs> indeed. I've really enjoyed all three series of channels. Oh, mm. there's four, isn't there? Because there was the one with Pretzel Jack as well. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't think I saw um, the f- I watched the first one of the first series and fell asleep every time I tried to watch it, so I didn't watch. <laughs> but all of the rest of <laughs> them I really like. endorsement. Yeah, I've enjoyed it because, for me, there's been a lot... There's there's been... What's the word I'm looking for? So there's been a lot more left to your imagination than there yeah. is. Because I find a lot of... like. And I think this might be where my problem lies with House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff, is that I think I prefer things to be creepy rather than gory. Mm-hmm. So I would rather have something left sort of unexplained or almost in the background. You very rarely see it like, is it there kind of mm-hmm. thing than having it just be like, watch me slit this guy's throat. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, fun, like, some I, of them, some of some of those films are still enjoyable, but like, I think I prefer to have a, a film where it's a bit more like, just intensely creepy for a really long time. <laughs> just yeah, 
<laughs> I know what you mean. I, d- I don't. I I really like really. Cl- this sounds weird, but really clean special effectsy gore in like monster movies or creature movies or something like that. I don't mind that at all. Like the thing is my favorite film. Oh god, yeah, it's amazing. But when it comes to sort of those more, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind seeing a good a good severed limb, but I really don't like a bit of jaggedy glass going across. Like I don't. There's. Oh. I've got can... a thing about stuff in or around eyes. Ugh. Yeah. I can't have that. They know we have that, though, Stacey. That's why they put that stuff in there. Yeah, I just won't watch. <laughs> the, uh, Pretzel Jack was which... awesome. Pretzel Jack was awesome. I have a feeling that they also played Ragdoll in, like, the CW series of The Flash. Just I've because stopped, they... I stopped watching before Ragdoll turned up, I think. Oh, really? I mean, The Flash is technically the only one I'm still watching but I don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love sort of Legends did... of Tomorrow. Do you not watch that? No, I found it to be I found it to be too pantomime. Oh. And also, I oh, this is going to make me sound like the world's biggest knob, but <laughs> I will freely admit this is me being a knob. I couldn't accept that changing time in the flash was this like devastating family ending <laughs> world ruining situation where all he did was save his mom and all of a sudden for some reason someone else's kid is now a girl when it used to be a boy or vice versa mm-hmm. I'm like what but like literally everything they are doing in legends is flip flapping all over time and making all sorts of changes and being yeah. all sorts of dickheads and it's not it's literally not just like oh we dip into the past and we do a thing and we snip out or stealthily they like literally take people famous historical people mm-hmm. and put them on a ship as though that's not going to affect <laughs> the rest of that historical figure's life I think the thing I liked I think I started liking it liking it more when I stop watching the flash because <laughs> i think what, uh. what 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 you're what you're tapping in i think what you're tapping into there is that they are supposed they are so closely linked like they have crossovers and everything mm. and yet the rules in one are completely different from the rules in the other yeah but i kind of love Total how madcap it is i think partly because for me the flash is like they try and be more serious but and like some of the actors in it are brilliant like i really like all of the main characters in the flash mm. but it's I don't know. The fact that they try and take the time travel seriously then has me scratching my head like all the time yeah. <laughs> about how things are like. Also, this was an unsolvable problem, but you solve it in the final. Level. I'm trying to think of an example and I can't. But it's like I'd get really confused about the stakes mm. because because they have that where you can't like uh, time travel is this big serious thing. Uh, until the the show needs a heroic situation to happen or whatever in which yeah. case we'll resolve it sort of thing which i know i know i know is kind of what it's i i think i'd probably like the flash more if i didn't have legends of tomorrow being all madcap over here because that's the kind of energy i want to be i love agents of shield and that's mostly jokes and then a bit of action as well so i kind of i think that's what i want from my from my superhero shows yeah. at the moment i could never get into agents of shield and i always find that really strange because i am so into like the marvel universe as a thing that you would think i'd be so in but (laughs) people hated it to begin with as well didn't they there was such a reaction against it when it started Mm. that like i didn't watch it because i i was like well either i'll hate it the way everyone else has hated it or i'll like it and then i'll just be disappointed with all because it's not it's not just a matter of not liking it or not really getting on with it the way the way you're saying it's like people saw the first episode and 
took to Twitter to like rip it to shreds and talk about how I don't know I can't even think of an example because you can't claim your childhood's been ruined if the show isn't based on anything <laughs> which which was <laughs> the case true. of Agents of Shield so um but I kind of yeah I can't really explain what it is I like about it either it's just a really nice mix of ongoing storylines and like jokey do you know I can't justify my love of Agents of Shield at all I just know that when I've watched an episode I immediately want to watch the next episode and I'm not even sure what's happened at any point. I'm just like, I don't know. I think that's a Joss Whedon. I think that's a Whedon brothers thing. Mm. I don't know. But so, um, I can't think what I was going to say. I wanted to talk to you about Shit's Creek. Okay. (laughs) But we, we got, we moved on to other stuff and we moved from horror to time travel, like to all sorts of different things. (laughs) And um, I've the the we were talking about um, uh, uh, you said I'm um, I'm not really watching um, stuff that's about reality and I said oh yeah you shouldn't because and then I just talked about rape for five minutes which <laughs> which is not is not something it's not something who's being responsive to the other person would, would do is it um, but I watched all of them I've just watched like I think it's four or five series of Shit's Creek mm. it is just pronounced that way there's no way of getting around it. <laughs> Um, and I didn't watch it for ages and ages because I thought it's just going to be another one of those sitcoms that everyone loves and it's not going to have any actual jokes in and it's just going to be people being mean to each other because that's those those sorts of shows that, that people always talk about like their cult favourite sitcoms, you know? Mm. But I think I saw a couple of clips from it that people had shared online about a couple of characters and thought, oh no, this seems delightful, so I'm going to give it a try uh, in the middle of the night when there's nothing else going on. And it's great. Have you seen it? I haven't. No, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> so it's it's Canadian, although you'd never know, because I think to us they pretty much sound the same as Americans, don't they? <laughs> only a bit more polite. Um, and it's Eugene um, Eugene Levy and Dan Levy are co-producing. Eugene Levy, I guess, is he's the dad on American the American Pie movies. Right. Kind of old guy very uh very well-meaning and nice or whatever so anyway there's him and um his wife and he's like this uh, multi-millionaire but at the very first episode he finds out through no fault of their own that their accountants basically been screwing them and like been involved in all sorts of shady stuff and they lose everything except that as a joke a few years before he bought a town called Shits creek for his son for his birthday <laughs> So Eugene Levy, who's like the magnate, the the ex ex rich guy, the ex businessman, he's he's kind of he's kind of nice, but obviously he's a businessman and he's constantly uh, trying to work out where he's gonna make all of his money back from. His uh, wife, who I think she's played by Catherine O'Hara, I can't remember her name, is an old. She used to be a soap actress, and mm. she's like this really over the top like american well canadian obviously lovey type and then they're incredibly spoiled children david who is dan levy who is uh, eugene levy's son and is also like i think it's kind of his show really i think it was his idea and eugene levy co-produces it with him um who's this sort of pansexual a uh, very sensitive very ill-equipped for the world the real world sort of guy and alexis who's his their beautiful the the beautiful daughter who again is like incredibly spoiled. So the two kids are not grounded at, at all, and neither mm-hmm. is the wife. So he realizes that all the, the he's 
the only asset they still have is this town which is like just in the middle of nowhere it's this crappy little place the reason it's called Shits creek is the it's spelled s-c-h-i-t-t-s is the mayor whose family has been mayor of this town forever can't remember his first name but his surname's shit obviously and he's a very eccentric he's a very eccentric guy um and and it's this the town is like populated by misfits but basically uh, eugene levy's character thinks well we'll stay there because a house has been taken away and everything and i'll i'll see if i can find someone to sell this town to so they end up this incredibly rich well ex-rich family are stuck in two motel rooms like adjoining motel rooms in this really shitty little motel trying to fit in with the locals uh while they're all incredibly spoiled and they think the whole place is beneath them and they keep getting into scrapes and it's weird because i knew the premise so i thought this is just going to be a bunch of jokes about how like the rich people are like pathetic but also there'll probably be lots of jokes at the expense of the townsfolk and stuff but it's incredibly this show is so heartwarming there's actual growth in the characters which never happens in sitcoms (laughs) and most of the the nicest stuff comes from it comes from the the two uh the two kids who when you see them in the first episode you're like I know these characters. There is nothing redeeming about these characters. I've seen them <laughs> in loads of things, and especially in a sitcom. They're not going to change because that doesn't happen in sitcoms, really. But David is just, well, I suppose as he's, as it's kind of his show, he would give himself all of the meatiest, nicest stuff. But it's just all the really, like, as these two, they never stop being pretentious, but they actually start, like, thinking about other people. And stuff like that. David tries so hard with this friend of his called Stevie who runs the motel that there there was a scene in an episode I saw the other night where he comes in and she looks really sad and he says, "Um, oh, how are you? What's wrong? Um, I believe I think those are the things a friend is supposed to ask, (laughs) which is like, yeah, I I recognize that. (laughs) That's really familiar to me (laughs) from myself. And it's just it's just so it's pretty cheesy like it's not the setup isn't you can probably tell from the setup it's a fairly typical sitcom setup but it's just got so much going for it it's really nice and there's i think four or five seasons um on netflix and there's gonna be i think one last one before they all move on to something so that's probably about right to be honest because you don't want to drive something like that totally into the ground do you mm. but yeah watch it or actually it's one of those things where it's possibly better to see if someone's done a compilation of a couple of clips because it's not like that spoilery mm. mostly. And so you won't have to sit through the awkward first episode of everyone <laughs> get, getting used to getting used to their roles and everything. <laughs> and that sounds quite nice. Like, I, I, what are we watching at the moment that's, uh, to be honest, <laughs> sounds really pathetic. At the moment, I've just been watching an awful lot of cartoons, so I'm just I'm just catching up with DuckTales. Oh, uh, that's fine. <laughs> oh, it's so good though, so good. I don't think um, we I don't think we've watched DuckTales. Oh, the new series has been absolutely wonderful. David Tennant as Uncle Scrooge is just an absolute delight, mm-hmm. and uh, Ben Schwartz plays um, Dewey Duck, one of the one of the triplets, and he's just. It's like it's like a kids version of Jean Ralphio from uh, Parks, Parks and Rec. And Rec. Like he's just constantly like bursting into song and like he's just an absolute dickhead, but he's the best dickhead. Like I love him because uh, I actually got into a bit of trouble once for saying that I think this might be better than the original Ducktales cartoon. 
but like that's not to diss the old one because I absolutely love it but mm. I couldn't tell those triplets apart at all in terms of voice or personality in the original show like they're just three kids in matching but slightly different coloured outfits uh, <laughs> whereas yeah. in this they've actually got discernible personalities and I think Dewey might just be the greatest thing since sliced bread I think I mean I know you've you've kind of talked to voice actors and stuff so maybe there's like and you you probably know loads more about this so it's possible I'm saying something even worse than saying that that's better than the 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 original DuckTales but the thing I've really noticed with because you mentioned She-Ra earlier on but the thing I've noticed with any of the stuff now and maybe it's maybe it's actually a result of it being nostalgia uh like the people involved with it now watched it and loved it when they were kids or something like that but cartoons i grew up with as much as i loved them well i don't think you know i i loved them because they were what was available to me but (laughs) they were made very very cheaply and most of them were made to sell toys or to sell a brand Mm -hmm. and when you re-watch them now it's very difficult not to see that like yeah. there's a lot of rose tint rose tint going on oh look um, at this new vehicle i've got this week <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and, and there's loads of that and like the amount of i think even back then we were we i don't know i think even back then i was it's like i'm talking like i had friends that i could talk to about this stuff um i think i was even then i was aware, aware that there's lots of reused footage and mm. and and stuff like that and i'm not saying that there weren't brilliant people working on them and designing some of them and stuff like that but because i'm sure there were but it was all quite cheap and the production values were quite low compared to what we're seeing a lot of the time now like she-ra nobody who worked on the original she-ra gave as much of a shit about it (laughs) as the show that's coming out now you know yeah Um, the uh, she-ra was a funny one for me because i actually did go back and try and watch some of the the old She-Ra cartoons, like after watching series one of the new one. And it, it, it suddenly struck me just like, obviously they're very different styles to begin with, but it just struck me how, um, and like you say, I don't know whether it was because they were saving money or what, but the variety of body types in the new version, like in, in, the, in the original She-Ra, literally all the women have the exact same body shape mm-hmm. as in literally the same body model and face just with different hair and lips <laughs> well that's the toys are a bit like, like that as well yeah so like, unless they've got like a helmet on or some some sort of headdress then literally the faces are exactly the same but one of them might have like pink lippy on and the other one's got red lippy and they've all got the exact same literally the exact same body model but with different clothes <laughs> Like, yeah. it's so bizarre. But the, the new She-Ra is amazing. I almost fell out of my chair when I was watching the latest series and Gina Davis popped up in it. I haven't seen the, like, I think because it's coming out so quickly, they're, 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 they're producing them really, really quickly, which I'm sure means someone's being exploited somewhere. But, they're, yeah, they're making them really quickly and the the uh, quality of it is still really good. But my son has watched all of them, the six-year-old one. The little one's not that, not that bothered about it yet. And I think he came downstairs one morning and sat down like early saw that there were new episodes like the most because it's the third season yeah that that you're talking about isn't it Mm -hmm. um he just sat and watched them all in a morning he that nothing nothing holds his attention as that much except possibly now pokemon which he's very into and knows far Mm -hmm. too much about but yeah and it's he's picking up well, he's not picking up loads of stuff from Shira. It all just seems really normal to him. Like, so 
the representation in that show is off the hook mm-hmm. you know and although he because uh, another thing i thought i thought you might have watched but I definitely wanted to mention is have you seen 12 forever yet no so 12 forever is an animated series there was a little bit of controversy because apparently one of the people involved with uh making it initially one of the early showrunner people also has a tendency to tweet and post online about her love of young very young potentially not quite legal boys basically so um but uh obviously not good for um the 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 people upset by that but definitely good for people who had already watched and enjoyed 12 forever and didn't want to stop watching it apparently she was replaced really early in the process so it's guilt-free as far as i'm concerned (laughs) it's guilt-free watching but um it's uh it's difficult to explain the premise because i've only watched it over noah's shoulder but kind of with a view to make sure it's okay for him but it's kind of about these these really uh, this really young girl this 12 year old girl who as far as i can gather she's it, it she's kind of at high school and there's all sorts of high school stuff with her friends but also she's some sort of superhero but the thing that really caught my ear about it is there's a female sort of villain like demon Who's voiced by Matt Berry? Um, oh my God! <laughs> there's there's these two um, these two giants uh, these two male giants who are in love with each other and I, I I sort of tuned into this really sweet episode about about them they have an argument and and like they have to remember why they like each other and stuff uh, but like the like the couple in um in Shira it's not remotely heavy handed and it's not like this is a lesson this is a valuable lesson you kids need to be learning that you know some families have two dads and stuff like that it's just not like that at all i think i don't know if it's not there, there are other voices in there that are recognized i can't remember if it's noel fielding or jermaine not jermaine greer the other one the good one jermaine clement clement <laughs> yeah oh <my> <laughs> um, who um who um it's one of those voices, you know, that they've they've like they've they've tapped into the sorts of voice actors that people like us would really like to accidentally hear hear in a show and tune into <laughs> almost immediately. And it's really beautifully animated. The style of it's really interesting. And I'm like, a lot of this is I'm kind of incepting him. Like I'm incepting my son a little bit. But things like Twelve Forever, She Ra, Steven Universe, they're all kind of they're heroic and sometimes a bit violent, but they're all kind of it's not so much that there are messages. Well, there are messages in them, but they're just like generally about people trying to do the trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. Do you know? It's yeah. or, well, I don't know if Shira's necessarily about that. Trying to not be evil, I think, in Shira. <laughs> trying to do the right thing. Mm. Well, there was a the, the whole thing in Shira of she's she realizes in the first episode. Hang on, are we the baddies? Like. That's something that most of us didn't really get until that clip in that Mitchell and Webb look, whatever it was called, the one about the SS soldiers. No Have you idea. seen that? <laughs> so it's um, it's a sketch where they're both dressed as Nazis. It, well, it's not they're not dressed as Nazis. It's not like they're not modern people dressed as Nazis. They're in <laughs> World War Two. It's like historical. And one of them says, well, I've just been looking at our uniforms and like they've got skulls on them and they're all black and leather. And I'm just wondering, are we the baddies? And that's basically the upshot of the sketch. But, like, for a little kid to see the the main character and her friends 
being all camaraderie and all like action heroy, and then midway through the first episode to realize that they're actually the baddies, which happens in the first Shira, I think, or the first couple of Shiras, doesn't it? That's quite an inc- that's quite a sophisticated thing. My son's seeing stuff like that now because the cartoons are so good now that I wasn't going to get until like I was in my twenties or whatever. Like kids shows just weren't that well thought out i don't think yeah i was gonna say i am um, have you watched the rocco's modern life and invaders in movies that have been on netflix i started watching both of them and <laughs> i realized that like rocco's modern life i think i was maybe too old for the first time mm-hmm. anyway but i did quite enjoy it but i was like this seems like it's carrying straight on from a storyline that I don't remember, and that's confusing. Invader Zim, <laughs> I watched the first ten minutes of, and I was kind of just like, "Oh, I, I, I think I like remembering these, but I'm, I, I, I don't know." Mm. See, I watched both of them, and I, I did really enjoy both, but I got a very clear sense at the end of having watched them of thinking like, my, my tastes are very different now. <laughs> like, yeah. like I still, I still enjoyed them mostly for the nostalgia. And, you know, there are some good jokes and stuff. And um, Invader Zim's, like, the animation in it is absolutely lush. But, like, yeah, I did finish watching them and just think, I think, like, things like Adventure Time have, have ruined me for... Um, yeah. Because Adventure Time was one of those shows that, like, yeah, it was silly sometimes. And, yeah, it was, you know, daft and they'd have fun songs and there'd be episodes that were just pure nonsense but then there were also like quite quite deep episodes about like finn's relationship with his dad and you know the uh the after effects of like wars and climate change i think the first simon and marceline's the first one of those actually practically made me cry and that's and i don't feel things like that so it was yeah It's, it's when you sort of when when you twig that Ice King slash Simon is just like a huge allegory for like dementia and Alzheimer's. It's just it's heartbreaking. <laughs> but it's well, that's cheered us up. <laughs> <laughs> but those those shows couldn't have existed without Invader Zim. So it's not like and Rick and Morty and shows like that. They're just shows like it's not like the legacy isn't important or whatever. But oh. you're right. It's everything's moved on because it was inspired by that. Everything's kind of moved on. So Invader Zim isn't really shocking anymore because it's kind of well, it's been mined, hasn't it, culturally? Yeah. Although I will say that I will laugh at anything where some people are just clearly making up stupid words. So the right. fact that it was called Enter the Floorpus just made me laugh because I was like, okay. what's a floorpus? <laughs> Have you ever heard the song Smooth Talking by Ninja Sex Party? I didn't think so. Okay, so Ninja Sex Party are a band that I'm always banging on about because I feel like everybody should know and love them. And the the basic premise of the whole band is that they used to be two ninjas, but one of them decided to retire and go into the game of making moves on ladies. And the whole joke of it is that he is crap at it, but he thinks he's like God's gift to women. And there's a, there's a song on their last album called Smooth Talking that is a legitimately good, like smooth and tasty jam. But then the lyrics <laughs> are like, because he's basically trying to prove to the other ninja that he can smooth talk, so he knows how to talk dirty to women. Like he's he's smooth, he knows how to do it. And the whole song is him just like making up disgusting words for different body parts. <laughs> so he's like the opening line of the song is, "Girl, I'm gonna take my flang diddly out and slam it in your flump." And of course, the first time I heard, I could not stop laughing because <laughs> it's so stupid. That seems exactly in your um, zone. It's 100% in my humour wheelhouse. In fact, at the time, I was cleaning my teeth and I laughed so hard I got um, toothpaste foam in my hair. No, so, no good. 
it's good times. Is it a normal toothbrush you've got? Yeah, just a regular old toothbrush. Because the thing I found with my electric toothbrush is that normally it's okay, but every now and then you'll pull it out of your mouth and it will just spray toothpaste everywhere. Amazing. And I'm not sure what it is I'm doing to make that happen. But, um, I think the problem not... is is that you're using toothpaste because if you ever watch a toothpaste commercial or a toothbrush commercial for electric toothbrushes, you, you're not supposed to apparently. Are you not? Well, they don't even use water, do they? Like, I hate no, toothpaste true. adverts. Get your mouth all foamy and disgusting. That's how I want to know if your product works. If it, and the, the yeah, and if see the thing is, my memory is not as good as it used to be, and I'm realizing about myself that certain things um, that I have thought have developed were actually probably the case all along. So I I don't know, but I do wonder if I was ever able to brush my teeth without most of the toothpaste rolling down uh, my beard and chin because I, I just yeah I, I think I over toothpaste is the problem you're only supposed to put like a petit pois sized amount like or something pea, stupid a pea size yeah something yeah. like that whereas I'm just like all over the shop because I want the world's cleanest mouth and um, I'm just looking at the time of our recording and I'm going to be really awkward <laughs> yeah. transition from these delightful topics uh, into a movie that I really wanted to talk about go 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 which is called The Fanatic sorry I'm just got a little burp there that's right apologies have you seen or heard of the fanatic at all no i looked it up because you mentioned it a while ago um and it looked interesting but i can't it looks like no it doesn't look interesting does it that's the point it looks like a fucking train wreck yeah so okay so here's the thing I'm, i'm gonna do a little spoil of this now and i'm really sorry but i can't to talk about the reason I wanted to talk about this movie, I can't not spoil it. So the the whole premise is the song Stan by Eminem. Oh, no. It is is essentially a guy who is a huge fan of an actor to the point where he stalks him a bit and then he rolls up in his house and then stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And um, the premise of it, I feel, could have been a good idea, you know, getting into the sort of psychology of like a really entitled, slightly bizarre super fan kind of thing. But there, there are two problems with this movie. The first is the small one, which is the fact that the guy that they uh, cast to play the actor who is being stalked is literally Stan from the music video Stan. It's Devon Sawyer, uh, which oh, is right, just okay. too, it's too on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's too on the nose. Uh, the second thing is John Travolta is in it, and so the movie. John Travolta's character is called Moose and he's clearly mentally unwell. However, the movie doesn't tell you in which way, so you don't know if it's some sort of autism or if it's some mm-hmm. sort of... It, it just literally doesn't tell you anything about what it is. And it seems like John Travolta took that brief and decided that the best way to represent this in, in acting is somewhere between a curious chimp mm-hmm. and like a four-year-old child. Like Did he think he was going for the Oscar? Well, I think I genuinely think he was, yeah. But I think the problem... Have you ever seen the movie Tropic Thunder with Ben yeah. Stiller? Yeah, it's 100% a Simple Jack situation. Yeah. He's gone He's gone off the rails. He's gone to 11. And yeah. I... So I don't... I don't actually know anybody, as far as I'm aware, that's, like, got mental issues akin to anything in this movie because I'm not 100% sure that they're representing anything even official but I found it really offensive to watch for several reasons the first is because they portray like he portrays this guy as like a complete he can't he's not functional Mm -hmm. as a human being yet he lives alone in this beautiful condo in LA but his job his little job is dressing up as a 
he calls it a bobby, uh, which is just like he just dresses up like a, a stereotypical ye olde British policeman, uh-huh. puts a dastardly moustache on, and does a cockney a bad cockney accent in the streets for money. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't. So there's like a really extended sequence of him practicing in a mirror, going poppy cock, <laughs> poppy cock. <laughs> Poppycock, like <laughs> for literal ten minutes, like all right, governor, what we got here then? Poppycock, like it's just I, I, I can't fathom what they were thinking at all. <laughs> There's like bits of this movie that make absolutely zero sense. For example, Moose, which is the name that John Travolta's character goes by, but you never find out why. It can't be his real name, but there <laughs> we go. Um, Moose breaks into. Uh, Devon Sawyer's house while Devon Sawyer is asleep and somehow ties him to his bed by his wrists about eight times across his chest and abdomen about three times across his legs and then his ankles and Devon Sawyer doesn't wake up at yeah. all during this whole situation but like it's just it's such a car wreck of a foot like it's directed by Fred Durst and no one can figure out why that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just like so. John Travolta just comes off as like completely offensive. The entire his first line in the film is, "I can't talk long. I've got a poo," yeah. um, which just sets the tone. I mean, for, like, I've been whole... I've been there. I mean, to be fair, yeah, <laughs> yeah same. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's just I don't know. He's just so like because here's the thing, right? I would like to think if I had mental issues and I went to get my hair cut and I said, "Can you give me like?" a Lloyd Christmas at the front, like bowl fringe, but then like a mullet at the back, that the hairdresser would say, oh, Bab, that's not a haircut anybody has. We'll give you one that's sensible. But no, they just let this guy, who's like clearly doolally, walk around looking even more doolally. Like, it's just so weird. It's so unbelievably weird. And the worst part is, is that like, even if John Travolta wasn't playing it like a an offensive, curious chimpanzee, the, the script is bad. There's, like, a completely erroneous female voiceover who, like, she happens to be one of Moose's friends, but she's barely in the movie, so it makes no sense. I don't know who you're supposed to feel sorry for at any point in the movie because the, the guy who he's stalking is an actual dickhead, like a literal dickhead, like a little bit during the film. You're like, well, I kind of hope he kills you in your sleep, really. Like, it's just... And then there's a bit where Devin Sawyer's driving his kid around in a car and he puts on a Limp biscuit song and oh, starts God. headbanging and Nobody talking about it. how great it is. Uh. Oh, it's just like so. There's there's this there's this recurring problem in comics. It's not so bad all the time, but where a lot of the people making them clearly uh, like learn to make comics from just reading, being really into comics. So they learn mm-hmm. to tell stories from reading comics. So you get this weird re- recurring like recursive loop of quality dropping and lack of not lack of realism because that's silly but the thing i've thought about a lot when we've been watching tv recently is even with shows we really like like line of duty and stuff like that like how much of this uh, at which point did people stop talking to police people or doctors or whatever to research these programs and instead just watch lots of old like how much of the terminology mm. they're using did they pick up from CSI rather than rather than because everyone says unsub now and I'd never heard that before Criminal Minds but it's in everything and what you're talking about is it sounds like a film that was made by people who only learned about mental health and crime and all of this stuff 
from watching films and because that's Hollywood yeah. mental illness, isn't it? That's yeah. that's like that sort of you, you you hit the nail on the head by saying it's kind of they don't really say they don't really say what his diagnosis is because mm. it doesn't matter in Hollywood stuff or, t- or yeah. TV stuff. And and the same with the crimes. Well, like, yeah, they, they, they probably saw it in a film once where someone got away with, it's like that thing that people just have full blown conversations in the same room as other people, not who don't hear them having mm. the conversation, which is just something we accept about TV and films now, <laughs> but yeah. it's, that's not how it works in, in real life. And that sounds like what you're talking about. It sounds like a film made entirely by people who learned how to m- tell stories by watching films and they just didn't get the really important stuff. Yeah. I think the other problem as well is that I read somewhere, but I couldn't actually find out any more about it, um, that it was sort of partially based on the fact that Fred Durst himself had a stalker who appeared in his house one day. Oh, right. Um, which makes me feel like the end of the movie is some sort of weird power fantasy he had where he, like, overpowers. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he actually overpowers Moose and then, like, almost kills him. Uh, he's some, like, he, he tricks him into letting him, to untying him from the bed by telling him he's going to be, like, his best friend forever and they'll go to movie premieres together and it'll be the best. And then he does some, like, real sadistic shit to Moose and then eventually realises that he's being a sadistic shit and just lets him go. Mm-hmm. And I'm think I have a strong feeling that that was Fred Durst, like, living out some sort of power fantasy there but then realizing that he he's too good a person to actually go through with it or something maybe yeah i don't but at the end you see that the actor guy the devon sawyer character gets arrested and i'm like how does that make any sense (laughs) literally there's so much evidence all over the house of moose having been like he puts his he puts devon sawyer's toothbrush in his mouth at one point says dna evidence anyway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's dramatic irony that's that's mm. why i guess god I mean, that sounds awful make any sense it's so bad and it's one of those films as well that like his performance has to be seen to be believed but i couldn't even recommend it to people in a so bad it's good kind of way because it's not on any level enjoyable to watch <laughs> i think like, it's there's this so face off is in the news because they're talking about doing a remake of it but i think that history is going to look back at this period like the last 20 years of movies and realize that a nicholas cage was never really that bad (laughs) he just he just when the role seemed to require it sometimes he went a bit overboard i think but then i think it's also going to realize that john travolta is not a great actor he's 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 never been a good actor um he can do a dance and he can be a bit suave but even in the even in pulp fiction he generally just kind of moves around the screen in a sort of laconic He's not like he's not a good actor. No, I mean to be honest, I think in Pulp Fiction I quite liked him because he seems a bit like your everyman because he does always seem a little bit confused and like just sort of yeah. bumbles around the set. Yeah. And I think that's what I'd be like if I was in these situations. <laughs> just bumbling around like not really knowing what's happening in life. I mean it works, definitely. And yeah, like... but I think it's never it, it's he's never He's now, I, I can't name another John Travolta. I mean, I like Face Off, but not not because of their performances. No, Swordfish. I like Swordfish, and he's not good in that. Mind you, no one's no one does their best work in Swordfish. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. There's a good explosion <laughs> in it. That's. Um, I think that's the thing I like about it. Is there? There's a. There's a good explosion in it that was just before the Matrix stuff had got too much. 
Mm. If you see what I mean, it was the first time someone had used it after the Matrix, but it, like the bullet time thing. But no, it's yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. I mean, to be honest, I've been having a run of really weird films at the like lately. Anyway, there's been like a couple I've seen that I've thought are really good, and then like the ones that I've seen that I disliked, I've really hated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I really hated that. I really hated Brightburn. I don't know why anybody's been saying that's a good film. <laughs> that didn't look. That didn't look that good to me. Well, I mean, it entirely hinges on whether you think that the what if Superman was evil thing is an interesting idea or not. If that's not something that you care to see, then you're already not going to enjoy it. But I thought it was initially a fairly interesting premise. But I think, I mean, the, the problem with it for me was that it's... I'm not a person who usually advocates for longer films. In mm-hmm. fact, I love a good 90-minute movie usually yeah. because my attention span is a bit crap. <laughs> you know, sometimes my butt hurts if I'm sitting for too long. Like, I just like, you know, unless it's like a really fucking tippity-top, top-notch movie, 90 minutes is like my favourite sort of level. Sounds but I right. genuinely, yeah, I genuinely saw Brightburn and thought this could do with a bit more length because, because the problem it has is that it doesn't give you time to care about anyone in it. Mm. So when the kid starts going a bit doolally and starts doing all the murders, it's like, who cares? <laughs> genuinely, who cares? And it's also entirely too on the nose for a lot of a lot of its sequences. Like the opening to the movies... Um, the the couple that find the kid mm. they're uh, they're trying they're trying to conceive and that like the, the movie wants you to know that they've obviously been trying for a very long time and they really really want a child and mm-hmm. you know there's a reason why they would find a child in a crater and like just have it rather than report it to people because that's fucking weird to find a child in mm. a crater but what it, how it does that is it is it pans across a bookcase just chocker with books about fertility and how to fuck right to make babies <laughs> and it pans Hands across this bookcase as they're fucking. And as they're fucking, they're having a conversation about how many babies they want to make. (laughs) (laughs) It is so like, who wrote this? Who wrote this? Like, me and Rich were just watching it and and immediately we were like, I've never wanted a couple to have less babies than this pair. (laughs) (laughs) They want it it all together too much. (laughs) Yeah, they're just, this is weird now. This is a a weird level of wanting it. And everybody's forgettable. I think the only person I actually recognised in it was Elizabeth Banks. And like, even she was boring AF. Hmm. so like it's just not and that being on the nose as well the very last scene cuts to the credits and immediately the song bad guy by billy eilish starts playing <laughs> brilliant uh, i think the thing as well is if you read comics the idea of what what if superman but bad isn't it's, it's been not that it, fresh <laughs> yeah it isn't that fresh so it's sort of um yeah no that doesn't i i didn't i i liked the idea initially and then i thought uh, I, yeah, I think I feel like I've seen this story before and I don't. So, OK, I'm glad it's not worth my time. Yeah, I wouldn't bother with it for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanted to mention? Because I'm going to have to do a 21 skidoosh in a bit. Oh, I need a wee as well. So um, <laughs> not really. Oh, um, uh, Hilda. I don't know if you've watched that yet. You have to watch it. No. It's so good. Oh, My son reads so the Phoenix comic, and so we just designed. There's a competition in it uh, to design a Hilda creature, uh, and we're going to try and win the books. But um, yeah, it's so good. It's really, really good. Sharon Horgan and Aisling B did a show called This Way Up, which is a bit depressing, but really good as well. That's <laughs> good. Um, that's it, really. 
I don't know. I need a wee, so I can't really think. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'll just throw out there. And I don't have anything there. to plug. So. I'll just throw out there that I quite liked a comic called Something is Killing the Children, but I will put oh, the caveat awesome. out there. It is, isn't it? But I, I will that. put the caveat out there that if you don't like to see, you know, the bloody corpses of dismembered children, then don't read it. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I apparently don't have an issue with this. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I personally personally don't um but I, I feel like that's maybe imagery that some people would want to avoid perhaps mm. maybe i don't know it's so pretty though it's beautiful yeah <laughs> like the color palette in it is like so like muted but also gorgeous i don't know mm. it's really good everybody go look at that that's a co- i mean <laughs> the, the, i haven't read comics for absolutely ages and i just started catching up and i've pretty much deft off all the superhero ones because i don't think i care anymore mm. so i've just gone like right i'm just going to read a load of like hellboy and hellboy adjacent things and good choice uh, yeah i love hellboy is my favorite i mean don't watch the new movie if you haven't already seen it. it's really bad okay, i haven't seen it so it's really bad i've not heard good things no it's really bad i've talked about it before so i won't go into it again but it is yeah it's uh it got half a star from me <laughs> no on letterboxd is that a 10 out of five, oh, okay. but it's currently sitting at the the bottom of all the movies I've seen in like 2019 movies, and I think I've seen about 45. So I'm not doing too badly. I'm watching new movies this year, so it's doing pretty shit. Mm. <laughs> it's not good. I'll stop waffling if you need to pee. <laughs> I'm jiggling in my seat. It's terrible. Oh, this is horrible. I um keep having these conversations at work where people keep talking at me, and I'm like, oh, you don't know me well enough to know my wee wee dance. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Nick. You're well, a star. To, you t- yes, to me, me too. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, unfortunately, I can't think clearly. So no, that's that. fine. You go, have a lovely wee. Leave your Skype on, though, because otherwise it might not upload the, the, the audio. Okay, uh, okay. Lovely to speak to you, dear. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour. Send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash stacysparlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash stacysparlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>